what are we going to do with this amazing new tool? I mean, we, we've, we've given some interesting analogies about AI and fire. When most of us think about artificial intelligence, or AI for short, we think of human-looking robots in movies such as Blade Runner. And while we're inching toward that model, you might know that artificial intelligence is already a huge part of our everyday lives. Those recommendations that you get on Netflix, or think about it, all the ads on your Facebook news feed, AI is basing everything that you get on your behavioral patterns. Now, to assess where we are today with AI and what fantastical creatures the future holds, we're going to be speaking with Ryan Steelberg. Let me just tell you right here, Ryan is super smart. Okay, he may be one of the smartest guys I've ever met. His current title, and he's got a long history of successes, is president and founder of Veritone. Veritone is a leading provider of artificial intelligence technology and solutions. But Ryan has been working in marketing and technology through various companies since 1995. And it's pretty safe to say that Ryan, well, based on all these successes, let me tell you, he doesn't need to work. He does it because he loves it. And he's become quite the expert in artificial intelligence. We're going to get started in a moment, and you're going to love every moment of this podcast. But first, we have to thank our partners because they help make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. You need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed.com for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. This is Ryan Steelberg, and I'm president and co-founder of Veritone Incorporated. Hey, welcome back to Commando On Demand. We're speaking of AI. Yes, artificial intelligence. That was my attempt to speak like a robot. I know, it's pretty bad. Sorry about that. Hey, joining me on this podcast is Ryan Steelberg. Ryan is the co-founder and president of an AI solutions company. And the name of the company is Veritone. Ryan, explain for everybody what Veritone does. Veritone, we are an, an AI services company and that, in effect, helps corporations in, in different verticals use artificial intelligence and AI to in, improve their business operations and develop new products. Um, you know, think of AI. AI is just a tool. Nobody buys just AI or machine learning. It's, it's like a framework. It's a toolbox. It's a new set of very powerful computational and cognitive tools that allow companies to do things better and augment the human element. And that's kind of the easiest way I can describe what AI machine learning and how we apply that to specific verticals. Because, you know, a lot of people when they hear artificial intelligence, Ryan, you know, they think of Watson, right? Yep. And AI is really only as good as we program it. Correct. And, and, and you know, there's, there's supervised learning and unsupervised learning. But, but the state of the art where AI is today, they're basically a bunch of dumb minds, right? They're very mm – -hmm. meaning their general intelligence is very limited. They're very, very good and can be very trained at specific things. And I always use the analogy, it's, it's the, you and I are both surgeons. You're a spinal surgeon. I'm a cardiovascular surgeon. If you and I switch roles, we're completely helpless. <laughs> That's right? true. So yeah. yeah. It, it, so I don't so want you operating on me. <laughs> no, do not have me operate. 
And so, uh, if you will, because I, I, you know, I've been familiar with Veritone for many, many years. Um, you you kind of have like a who's who of clients, right? We do. I mean, we started in, in our my background and our pedigree is media and entertainment. So we do have about you know, including individual stations, about thirteen hundred different customers in M and E, and they range from you know, NBC Universal and CNBC to individual radio stations from Wheeler Broadcasting. Um, and then a bunch of movie studios um, that, you know, are, again, all looking to see how, you know, AI machine learning can, can make their business more efficient. And ultimately, if it's in, in meeting entertainment, you know, how can they make their advertising model, their subscription model um, more efficient and generate more revenue? So when people th- think about subscription-based model, let's just – because everybody's familiar with Netflix, right? Uh, yes. And Netflix keeps track of every piece of data, correct? Correct. And then we – they utilize that data to maybe do things more than just feed me recommendations. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. You know, the the whole emergence of you know, the connected content experience where – in effect, um, service groups like Netflix control the actual playout and ha- and get feedback, real time feedback from the consumer viewing and listening experience is is a game changer. And so Netflix, um, you know, in, you know, in addition to you know dozens of other companies, have become experts on understanding you know exactly what Ryan and Kim are listening to in real time. Um, when we do we do, are we breaking out of the content experience and abandoning it? You know how how long are we listening? All those first party attributes are ingested in real time, and so Netflix and others can build models um, and you know AI and machine learning based models that will get that are very very good at saying I know Kim, I know her viewing habits, and based upon other things she's viewed going back you know a month or an aperture of years. I think she's going to want this next show, and want, she's going to want to watch this next show next. Right. And 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 again, it's 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 a little bit. You know, I like to say it's it's not quite as a challenging problem for long form. Um, but what's really what really inspires me, and, and which is really interesting, in, is short form content. I mean, I think YouTube still is the the gold standard. <laughs> yes. Um, right. <laughs> if anybody if anybody has kids, you know, I have a fourteen year old, a twelve year old, a nine year old. And it's amazing, you know, that they are really, really good at never, ever letting your child leave the viewing experience, <laughs> right? Are they? Because, are your kids yeah. into Snapchat yet? Uh, you know, that's a family debate. So we're not. You know, my my oldest, fourteen year old, it has now. Um, we we just broke down and let him get Snapchat, but we <laughs> share the account. So my wife has. The, his exact same credentials on her phone. So we say, hey, you can be on Snapchat, but mom's going to be with you every step of the way. Now, just keep in mind that, you know, there's a Rinsta and a Finsta account. Uh, it, 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 it's hard to keep up. It right? is. There's, there's, I mean, if we think that we've got them <laughs> under control, they will find a way through. But this generation, uh, I find it so fascinating to watch and to speak with them because – um, whereby we have the attention span of a net, and I, you know, I've never been diagnosed with ADD, but I'm sure I have it. <laughs> okay, right. But um, when I look at kids, geez, I mean, you know, if it's more than thirty seconds, they've already checked out. Yeah, I mean, my son is really into computers, and he likes to build computers and PCs, kind of, which kind of is an interesting lost art form. And right, it is. What's, in, what's what's fascinating about that when he's looking at you know ripping in the part of the computer and looking at all the different components was you know historically you, you know you and I would grab a book 
and flip through pages and say, okay, what's the best way to install this you know, graphics card? It's all about video, like in, in, in terms of almost real time. If he wants to try to figure something out, he does not go to a manual or a user guide. He fires up his phone, goes to YouTube, searches for it, and it's amazing. Pretty much within a few minutes, he's finding you know exactly the curriculum he's looking for in bite-sized form for him to solve that problem. So it, it's it's just it's it, it's fascinating, and you know then the speed, just candidly, the breadth of content that's out there, whether it's right or wrong, but the breadth of content out there is is incredible. You know, when I saw you a couple of weeks ago, the thing that really struck me, and I was thinking about it on the plane ride home, was that you you mentioned that you'd never really binge watch anything on Netflix because you're not the audience. No, you know, I don't have, you know, it's time-wise, right. you know, and it will kind of lead into where we, you know, see the future of content going. But, you know, investing an hour-long show and then, you know, if you want to keep up with it, since all these are, they're really amazing episodic series now. Right. But committing 10, 12 hours is just impossible. So, you know, no, I, I, I love Netflix. I've watched, you know, probably one episode of all these great new shows that are out there. But besides Game of Thrones, I, I can't say that I have you know, any other form of religion. Well, I'll tell you, the one that I like that you might like, because each episode is about 22 minutes, is Schitt's Creek. Okay, I've, I've heard of it. Okay, and, and you have to watch you, to it. It is, it, is, it is so funny. Uh, and it's put together by the folks who did like Best in Show. You know, Eugene oh, Levy okay. and David Levy and uh, anyway, when if if you're so if you're looking for something just to watch for like 20 minutes just to get your mind off of everything and you're not going to have your phone out at the same time, just just try that because it is this this nugget of entertainment and it's where a company they used to be living the high life and then through a series of bad investments he he owned kind of like a blockbuster video. Yep. Uh, and then uh, he bought his son a town in the middle of nowhere called Schitt's Creek as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and so now because now because they're busted, they have to move to Schitt's Creek. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you're, I'm sold already. I, I, will, yeah. I, I look forward to watching I, I think you'll really like it. Up next, we're going to delve in a little bit deeper. We're going to really examine the role of artificial intelligence in advertising. Why? Because it affects all of us. That's right. I mean, everywhere you look, you see an ad. But first, we have to thank our partners at Robinhood because they help make these podcasts possible. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss an opportunity to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Commando On Demand a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at invest.robinhood.com, invest.robinhood.com. Hey, welcome back to Commando On Demand. Ooh, AI. Yes, it's all over. Artificial intelligence already has become a part of our lives. So artificial intelligence in advertising, big topic. Yep. And a big topic in content. 
And as a, a content producer myself, you know, we struggle with what is it that we're going to put in front of somebody that's not 15 ways that you need to do this now or else you will die type of clickbait, but yep. really customizing that experience for the end user and personalization. Do you think that's where it's all going? It is. I mean, we've seen little glimpses of this and stuff that's rolled into practice over the years, you know, and, and, and it's not too dissimilar than looking at the, the record, you know, and, and a full album, you know, and how that's been shattered, you know, and into bite-sized chunks. So we, you know, the, now the new norm is individual songs and, and personalized playlists. Um, you know, we were just talking about anecdotally the, the 22 minute, you know, uh, and again, I don't even want to bastardize it. It is said sh- uh, shit's creek. But the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. format length of that alone is interesting. I, I think um, the I think we're going to be in a, in a period here in, over the next several years where I will be able to say, you know, I have an hour to kill and I want to have a show or a collection, a, a compilation of content packaged and delivered to me. And I want variety and I want, you know, potentially I have 15 minutes that I, of, of, of interest that I want each program to fit into that hour long show. Here's, you know, I'm, I'm willing to share data about who I am and my viewing habits, deliver it to me. And I think you're going to start to see that more and more frequently become content and a lot of it uh, at some is going to be more and more generated by AI. What I mean by that is it may be repurposing um, podcast or other short form or long form content or even um, you know, breaking news and, and live broadcast. But AI is going to identify what's important based upon my preferences and my interests. It's going to package it to, together and it's going to deliver to me on the device that I want, whether it's an Alexa device, whether it's my mobile phone, whether it's my desktop or my, or, or my connected TV. So I, I think we're seeing, and, and what we just, what I just described, we're seeing little pieces of that um, in different areas. Candidly, podcasting, which obviously has been around forever and is obviously having a, a major rebirth, um, is just another form of on-demand short-form video. But even in podcast, you're going to start to see much more personalization of, of shows being programmatically built and optimized using AI that, that really is going to personalize the space, and, and, and that should continue to translate into great targeted advertising because of the targeted nature of the content itself. And, and let's talk about the advertising because somebody has to pay the bills, right? Yes. And, you know, there seems to be this whole movement on the Internet, which, you know, everything should be free. You know, <laughs> why do I have to right. see ads? Why are there ads? You know, and um, – I, I don't know if I quite understand that. I mean, because, you know, we have fiber lines to pay and we have salaries and health insurance and shoes to buy for our kids. Um, but the but the the idea of targeted advertising where we can deliver a qualified lead, if you will, uh, to a potential sponsor. And then that ad is more relevant to me. How many different data points do you think we need to get to before it's it's a hundred percent match or even like an eighty percent match, or are we there now? Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I I don't think there's a again a, a specific number. It depends on the platform and you know the the KPIs and the goals of each brand or advertiser. So I don't think there's necessarily a a, a hard specific quantifiable number of data points. But um, you know, I, I think you're spot on in the sense that 
the the contract with the with the end consumer about okay we spend money to produce a show and distribute it to you and the contract stipulates that you are going to be engaged and hopefully pay attention to the advertising um it it is under strain you know a disruptive base um I'll just call spot based like advertising um has been under pressure for a while and hence you're seeing every day you're seeing people reduce spot loads or number of ads per hour in content um, you know, with a mobile phone, there's such such little screen real estate that you don't even see display-based banner ads around content anymore. So you're starting to see, obviously, in, in what you know, Veritone, our agency side of the business, has been investing in, in for a long time. You know, native organic advertising is an, an attempt. It's been effective, but not quite as transactionally efficient as spot-based advertising. But it's a way that we're trying to weave the, the advertising with and into the content. Knowing that 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 end consumer is just is not you know over time they're less and less tolerant of having their content and engagement experience interrupted by a third party sponsor, well, and it creates it creates just a ton of challenges. But but again to your point you know people have not stepped up and saying I'm willing to pay for every piece of content uh, you know uh, on in either in a subscription format or on on demand format. You know, advertising needs to work because it's still helping finance, you know, the majority of this content today. You know, when you're talking about incontent advertising, it reminds me of the radio shows in the 1940s, you know, where it'd say, you know, this this program's brought to you by Marlboro Cigarettes, you know, and then they, they'd roll out the cigarette girl and she'd be yep. dancing along and then, and then it would go straight to the radio drama, whatever it is. Um, do you see that as a trend that's going to continue? I, I do, and I, I, I think so. Um, you know, and again, it's all about, you know, can you work with the when you have to? I mean, really, the the scrutiny and the bar is so much higher when you place brands and native integrations with and into content that it really connects with the end customer. Because you know, we're very good. We will reject things that are foreign or you know very very quickly so yes it will continue because it works it's effective based advertising and in for many instances podcast is obviously a leader in this space as well um but also youtube is with a lot of their you know new hosts um that are doing native integrations it's working um and again it doesn't it doesn't necessarily support um, the number of unique advertisers, as compared to some to your, what you were just alluding to, some right. you know, larger court, you know, sponsors, but but it's effective, and I do think that 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 is going to be a norm that's here to stay for a while. So when we start talking about when we start talking about really advertising, um, and the end user, and also like tailoring content to them, a lot of people are freaked out about the Facebook news feed, and sometimes I look at the news. I, the news app in Apple, and I think to myself, you know, it's truly curating news based upon what I like, but I'm not seeing other opinions, right? So is there a point where where we are maybe using too much AI? Um, I think we are, and I think... You know, and it's interesting. Is you know, I like to say it's it's a perpetual echo chamber, right? If I'm I can if I if I'm willing to share my data um, and what I'm doing nonstop on every device that I now touch, um, you know, they want me to stay engaged with that in that kind of virtual experience. So to your point, they're going to continue to to push to me content that I'm you know that I'm interested in, and and again that made to your point. 
is, is going to make it challenging for me to be exposed to different ideas or potentially controversial ideas, at least from my perspective, um, which, it, which is important for, you know, a, a societies to exist. So, um, yes, I think, you know, the, the, and I, I take this to the nth degree is full immersion into VR um, to, takes it to a whole new level, right? I mean, I can literally step out of the, the, you know, the physical world into the virtual world, and everything can be completely tailored just to me, in, you know, in, in when, hence the echo chamber. So, yes, I think, you know, they're, they're, equilibrium always comes, um, and, but I do think that there it should be you know, policies and corporations that adhere to, you know, strict AI and machine learning, you know, policies so we, so we can take advantage of these awesome tools without, you know, letting it, you know, to fragment our societies, um, which you do see little glimpses here and there. And unfortunately, you know, you're seeing, you know, different, you know, and, and yet another, you know, uh, misuse of a social network, obviously yeah. in New Zealand, which right. has catastrophic, catastrophic offense. So, yeah, I think it, I think it is it's something it's also so new and powerful that it, 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 we're slow to catching up to what, what are we going to do with this amazing new tool? I mean, we, we've, we've given some interesting analogies about AI and fire, right? I mean, fire is, is probably one of the most impactful things to human beings ever, particularly when we can start to harness it in our, in our at least understanding of how we can control fire. But fire can be extremely dangerous, obviously, um, if, you know, and, and, you know, whether it's from natural currents or unfortunately, you know, you know, through illicit use from humans, it's somewhat similar. There's going to be good th things that you're going to see from AI machine learning, and there's also going to be some scary things, if, you know, depending on how it's applied into, into certain aspects of life. As AI technology becomes more sophisticated, there are some questions. I mean, how close are we to the world of Blade Runner and Westworld? And before we move on to that topic, hey, we have to thank our partners because, let's face it, they help make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. And if you like what they're selling, be sure you go check it out. As America's digital pro and a successful business owner for over 20 years now, I know it takes the right tools to get the job done. And what's great about owning a business today is that there are so many different software programs designed specifically to save you time and money. And that's why I'm super excited to tell you about Kepterra. You have to check this out. At kepterra.com slash Kim, you'll find over 700 specific categories of software, everything from brewery software to email marketing to yoga studio management. Do you like to check reviews of products before you decide? Well, then peruse through over 750,000 reviews on products from real software users. No matter what kind of software your business needs, Captera makes it easy to discover the right solution fast. Visit Captera.com slash Kim for free today to find the tools to make an informed decision for your business. Captera.com slash Kim. Captera. That's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash Kim. Captera. Software selection simplified. We're talking about artificial intelligence with expert Ryan Steelberg of Veritone. And AI is used in virtual reality and augmented reality. So, Ryan, of the two, is the virtual reality the real deal? What do you think? I think it is. Um, it, I think it's, it's, it, it's crossing a point where all of us, I think we've had the opportunity um, when all these new technologies come out. You know, we've all put on the, the, the VR gear and version one of the Oculus Rift, etc., 
and and, and where where our brain still kind of rejects it for uh, you know different reasons. But you know the poor resolution historically, you're, you're just not buying it, right? You don't have sort of a seamless sensory experience that that crosses over. Um, I think that's I think we've crossed that line. Um, you know I you know you know recently went to it's called Spaces. I don't know if you've been to one of these. Um, you know, really, I'd say high-end VR experiences. They have one down here in Southern California. And it, I play with my family, um, and we get into our virtual characters in VR. And <laughs> Do we, you really? We, and we, you execute a, f- a full battle in term, uh, playing in the, the, the context and theme of the Terminator movie. Oh, wow. I would love to do that. That sounds like it's so incre- much fun. It's- it's incredible. You're and, and within three minutes, you you are all in. You don't think of anything else. <laughs> really? Right? Yeah. So I think it, it is here. I, I you know, who know, I we I don't think any of us know how this is really going to impact us, you know, as human beings. Um, but it's I I just think that particularly kids. I mean, you know, there's there's so much stress and there's so much anxiety out there. And if kids have an easier path, and it's going to start with the youth. Um, to you know, you know, put themselves into an environment that is that they feel is safe, they can control, they can they can change their avatar, you know, against something that they have a, you know, a real insecurity in the real world. I think they're going to jump all over that, and I think it's it's going to be it's going to be exciting, and we're going to also see a ton of of, of social um, negative impacts. What would the negative impacts be? Well, I don't think people are ever going to be able to communicate. So when they disassociate, <laughs> right, and unplug from the experience, you're going to, I mean, we see it right now. You have, you know, f- you know, throw five teenagers, you know, oh, together yeah. at a mall, and all they do is they, they look down at their phone. They do, yeah. Um, you know, so you'll start to see marriages. You know, I guarantee it, and we will see policies being changed because people are going to sue because they want the same rights when they marry their <laughs> digital avatar, and and that's for sure going to happen. And you know, I'm curious who's going to be first. Did you ever see the movie Blade Runner? Not the latest uh, one, one of my favorite, the, the original. I like them both. I'm, I love them both. They're awesome. Okay, because I have I have never I had never seen Blade Runner before, and so over the weekend, my husband looked at me and he said, "You know." Have you ever? It was like that question. Have you ever seen Blade Runner? You know, and I started um, watching it, and it, you know, they. I guess it was filmed in 1982, and it's supposed to be taking place this year, 2019. Mm-hmm. And right. you know, of course, you know, Harrison Ford looks amazing. You know, it's like, wow, that's Harrison <laughs> Ford. Well, I guess we all would look good if we were like 76, and now you know, looking back, we were in our 30s, right? right. Um, but what's interesting is that. There were things in this movie that I thought are kind of far off, things that I thought that were probably 50 years away from, like the flying taxis and the flying police and some of the surveillance states, um, the, uh, the, the, the replicant prostitutes. Yep. I think that's right around the corner. I mean, it is. We, 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 you know, this one, we were way behind in space travel, right? Like, if you make, if you compare it to like 2001 Space Odyssey, right? right. Which I love. And 2010, they're like, okay, give us a little bit of a benefit. So obviously, we haven't been able to solve the, you know, the, 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 the travel opportunities, you know, going across the galaxy. But, in, you know, in terms of the silicon chip and looking internal with computers, Yes, you're seeing a much, you know, tighter correlation between what was kind of the vision back in the day, the Star Treks and the Blade Runners, to what is actually real. So, yes, I think we're not quite there. Where I would, I would say they haven't missed it by several decades, um, but I, we are within years 
of having you know that level of robotics coupled with AI machine learning that that people will start viewing this world you know as other forms of companions. I mean, I think that as we you know have dogs and as part of our families, and I think you're going to have artificial life as part of your network and part of your family. There's and that guy I think in Great Britain. Over time. Isn't there, there's that guy in Great Britain that has like, uh, I don't want to say like a sex doll, but it's <laughs> something like that, where I mean, like she sits at the table with the family. Last year at NAB show, or I'm sorry, last year at CES show, you know, the longest line at a booth was, you know, a, a, a full VR enabled, you know, pornographic experience. You know, and, and you know, take you know, I mean, everything. Obviously, I like to say used to be all military and porn. That was like all new, you know, innovations <laughs> were generated from. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it. You know, so, but but porn does its best. But um, you know, you could see that you know the demand there, and it's someone you know analogous to what you're describing. Is yes, you know, I can, you know, I can go into any fantasy experience I want, and I my brain will start believing that this is real, or at least as real as my my physical senses are telling me. So if you had to say what was going to happen with AI, and let's go back to advertising, if you will, just for a second. Sure. Um, what do you think advertisers and manufacturers, what, the, what should they be doing now to plan for this explosion? So save all data. So I think, you know, I mean, it, you know we, we used to, I mean, you, nobody uses the word big data anymore because it's, you know, it's like kind of blase. And, you know, AI, you know, is really, really good first at, sifting through you know all this data to strike to 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 work towards building models predictive models correlations so so you know rule number one if you do have data don't ever delete it it sounds like i mean and, and don't purge it because you don't know what gold is sort of buried within those corpuses of data um so for example if you're an ad agency or your content group right no, you know, archive and save everything. You don't need it to have it readily available in the cloud, but if you want to put it on tape storage, just make sure you preserve all data and take a take a look at what you you may um, um, if you if you may think a piece of data or a format of data is irrelevant or not that important. Think twice, right? You know, storage is so cheap these days. Yeah, it is. That I say, you know, like every business metric, every piece, you know, data, whether you're a digital e-commerce shop or you're a physical store and you're capturing people's sensor data coming in off RFID, try to save all that data because that will um, give you great insight. Maybe not today. Maybe you're not really ready to step up and invest the budgets to harvest that data. But at some point, it, it will. And in those groups that have at least the capability and then ultimately the appetite to invest in in mining that data will will be will have a significant advantage so that would that would say you know you know right now um, you know, then following on that is you know let's you know there there will always be be prepared to move quickly right so we're not expecting all the brands out there and in all the content groups all to have you know what the killer app is or what's the best Let's call it the Netflix personalization engine, right? It, we're not expecting everybody to come up with that ideation themselves, but be ready to pounce, right? Be be ready to, to you know to be ready to copy what you see is working somewhere else. And again, make sure you have the data, you have the budget, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're, this is going to cost you something um, to act upon it and, and move quickly. You know, there's there's a um, there's an article up on Fox News over the weekend. 
uh, a so-called privacy expert. He gave 15 steps so that you could get your life back and that you would never, as you said, it's it's the it's kind of a strange word to use now, big data. It's, it's like, you know, uh, it's all over. But these 15 steps included like, like you know, pretty much changing your identity, uh, using Bitcoin, using Tor, uh, these different anonymizer services and privacy services. Is there a sense that that as a consumer – I mean, I'm feeling like, you know what, I don't have any privacy anymore. I mean, I'm not going to go through 15 steps and pay my electric bill with bitcoins. I'm just not going to do it. But is there anything that the consumer can do to retain his or her privacy? No, I think that control or the the aspects of control is a fallacy. And I think it's going to continue to erode. Um, You know, I think we're so particularly, again, driven by the younger youth. I mean, what makes all these different platforms and social networks and stuff works, obviously, is the the expression, right, and disclosure of data in your personal data. And so there will be people that kind of, you know, um, that we'll, we'll look at them in the future as almost like going into communes, right, where they unplug <laughs> everything. We're going to think that they're strange and we'll send the FBI to go and, you know, investigate these strange people. But I, I think um, – no, I just, I just, you know, I, I, it makes me, it's making me think of the credit card fraud for a second. Meaning, um, does anybody really stress when I go to Mexico and buy things anymore? No, because no. because I'm like, hey, you know what? Wells Fargo's got insurance, or if I use my Amex, it's going to be covered. So I think that's it. I think people are saying they're, they're, you know, what, what, what's the real harm? Like, what's, you know, until they're something really damning comes in, my birth certificate has been altered or deleted, right? I don't think we're. I think the pain points that we're seeing when this data gets out is somewhat contained. Or companies have have you know, got, you know, taken out and leveraged insurance policies that if something does bad happen, right, you are not responsible, and they'll try to solve it through a monetary compensation. So uh, again, it, there will be events guaranteed that will be right in, in, insane, right, and 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 there will be they will have a great impact, negative impact on your life. But until that, those, I mean, but I guess the trade-off is, you know, look at all this other cool stuff I'm getting every day. Yeah. Right. And I Mm -hmm. think that is great, greatly outweighing um, the naysayers. All right. There you have it. AI technology is complex and our feelings about it are too. There's the good, the bad, the scary, and you know, the wonderful. Artificial intelligence is absolutely being used more and more in our devices. I mean, just think about our virtual assistants. You have Siri, Alexa, Cortana, and Google Home. The whole idea is that technology is going to make our lives better, easier, more fulfilling. But some of these devices are becoming so realistic. They're almost human-like. They order groceries for us. They give us navigational directions. They answer questions on whatever we want to know. A lot of folks are wondering how far it will go. Just last night, I put an Apple HomePod in my mother's house. It took her about five minutes to figure out that she couldn't say, Hey, Siri, I mean, what's the weather? I explained to my mother, you have to say, Hey, Siri, and then she has to respond, and then you say, What's the weather? To which she responded, That's dumb. You'd think that with AI, they could understand anything that I give it. Ah, we're not there yet, Mom. Hey, thanks for listening. And I just want to remind you, Commando On Demand is not the Kim Commando show. If you want to get my three-hour radio show podcast, head over to getkim.com. Once again, that's getkim.com. And if you've got 15 minutes every single day and you want to stay up to date on all the latest tech news, get Tech News Today 
And for a weekly roundup, which is not the same as Tech News Today, get Tech News This Week. You can find all of them on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for listening.